tell you, it's Leon B up here. Hi, I'm Amanda Addy. I'm Femi Bancole. My name is Bonnie O'Demonet. This is the Black and Irish Podcast. This podcast is, is about us getting into the nitty-gritty of what it's like growing up as a black and Irish person, growing up with, with a different skin tone in Ireland. Telling the stories, sharing experiences, highlighting racism, pretty much just playing a part in like trying to integrate the black Irish community into the wider Irish society. A weekly chat where we talk about all things race. It's just, you know, bringing someone fascinating on, get them to share the story, in their own words, whether it's positive, whether it's negative. A lot of these stories were either experienced by us or they stayed within the community. So we wanted to create a platform where these stories can be shared. This is the Black and Irish Podcast. Hi, I'm Femi Bancole. I'm your host this week. Let me tell you a little bit about myself. I am the son of two Nigerian Yoruba immigrants who came to Ireland 20 years ago. I grew up in Dundalk, which was a, a, a lovely experience. Then I moved to the UK for a couple of years to finish my studies. And now I've been living and working in Ireland, in Dublin, for over the past three years. This week, we're talking to Monica Blondie Perez. Monica is a GP in Cork. Why we really wanted to speak to her this week was to see, you know, what it's like to be a GP in Ireland, but really to touch on the journey to becoming a GP in Ireland. She also runs an online platform or an Instagram page where she, you know, tells everyone about her experiences being a doctor. So not only is she uh, a full-time medical doctor, she also has this fascinating online presence at the same time. So I am really, not really, I'm actually, okay. So I'm from <laughs> Nigeria uh, and um, I was born in Lagos, but I moved to Ireland when I was about 15, 16. That was when I moved to meet my dad and my younger ones because my mom passed away in Nigeria. So I had to move, move to my other parent, went to secondary school. And after secondary school, I wanted to go into college, but I didn't have, well, I said the money to apply to go to medical school because it's quite expensive and I wasn't really an Irish. Uh, I wasn't really Irish, so I couldn't afford to pay that. So I did all the, I did like a PLT and then I still wasn't able to afford the 20 grand that you had to pay. So I did um, another course and then I eventually I was able to pay, afford about 9,000 euro and then yeah, went to college there. You said you moved to Ireland when you were 16. So I myself, yeah. a lot of people, a lot of immigrants, um, you know, a similar age to me. I'm not too far in age from you now, just a couple of years. Um, a lot of us would have moved to Ireland when we were quite younger, you know, around like five, six years old. So moving to Ireland as a 16-year-old, that must have been very, very different. What was that like? You know, just, just to give you a bit more context, you know, for me, as a six-year-old, you know, I, I didn't really know much in terms of like, you know, I was still, I was still a kid. So, you know, all my learning, all my mannerisms, a lot of like the person I am today, I learned, you know, between those, I don't know, let's say between 10 years before I was 16. But for you, you know, you, you came here maybe quite in touch with the Nigerian side more than, you know, the average um, um, African immigrant into Ireland, like the kids would be. So what was that like being a 16-year-old moving to Ireland? culture shock 
It was, yes. First of all, yeah, I know this might sound really daft, yeah, but I was surprised that they didn't have huge gates in the houses. And I was like, where are the gates? Where's the security and things like that, you know? Because uh, growing up in Lagos, like, you have a big house, you have to have a big gate to match it. So so that you was a shock. houses. And, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, and the houses are bigger as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> so that was different. And then the language as well i i grew up speaking english and i moved to ireland and they were speaking english but i was like no that's not english i'm not i don't understand you so and nobody understood me either so it was quite different i took a while to kind of understand the irish accent and then for others to understand me as well and some parts of ireland still go like the accents are so strong that you can't really understand it but i think it's mutual well anyway so that took a while and um but I was lucky, I would say lucky in a way, because my secondary school that I went to, there were quite a good few Nigerians and Africans there as well. And most of them had, like you said, moved when they were younger. So I was able to, will I say, find my niche niche in a way. <laughs> so it wasn't too weird. But then that all changed when I went to college and I was basically like the only like black person in class. And it was a little bit <laughs> lonely in a way. And so yeah, it's like course. I had to like learn all about Ireland again and the way um, people behaved and the culture and things like that. It was a little bit difficult, but I think I eventually got a hand of it. Access route to education. Um, so yes. tell us a bit more about that. I went to Blakestown. They had affiliation to something called the Trinity Access Program, which you basically do like a year of science or arts, and then that could give you. Um, you could then, if you did very well, you could get a place in a course that matched your grades. So I did that and that was the year the HPAT came out as well. So I was able to do both and then I got an extra job as well. And through that, I was able to get a place in medicine. And then um, by that mm. time, I then I wasn't considered an international student. I was then considered an EU student. So I was able to pay nine grand for college, and um, which I did throughout the mm. years. Yeah. So do you want just to even, you know, give a bit more context to that, um, and I think because you know, I had like similar issues and, you know, I'd, I'd lived in Ireland by the time I was going to college. I lived in Ireland 11, 12 years. And given that, like, you know, my siblings um, were born in Ireland and my parents had Irish citizenship at this point. So, you know, I had a claim to Irishness. And it's it's kind of interesting the the barriers to education that sometimes um, immigrants to Ireland sometimes, sometimes have even though they've spent quite a long time in the country. So I think I was like a few months off having to pay international fees as well. And I just find it, uh, the word I'm looking for is maybe a a bit sad that, you know, some people... it, It was very annoying. It was very, very annoying because... I did want to do medicine. That was one of my my first choice because I got the points to go to college to do radiation therapy, which was also a great course. You could help like cancer patients and stuff like that. So I would have done that anyway. But because 
I didn't have 20,000 euro. I had to spend an extra two years trying to get to college, which I still did even pay like nine grand. And I was in the country for years. And even while I, I think I was in second year or so, or third year when I became an Irish citizen, but still yet, I was still paying nine grand because the law then was, if you went into college, you uh, paying a certain fee, uh, fees, you had to go through it. Oh, anyway, through it all, I graduated. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm glad you had a spare. What is it, forty five grand? You know, in the back of the sofa, like you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was hard, though. Imagine working two jobs and sometimes three, going to college as well. But <laughs> I did yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, and you know, <laughs> it's 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 interesting, and I'm you know, it genuinely you know fills my heart with joy that you know we're not one doctor short in Ireland at this point in time, given the pandemic and the globe, you know, what we're at in terms of, you know, um, people's health. We're not one doctor short because, you know, Monica could not access um, education because the fees and, and the rules were just ridiculous. So I'm, I'm glad and happy. Me <laughs> too. <you're> <laughs> <laughs> My placements were amazing. Oh my God. I think, I don't know, for I personally felt that was when I considered myself a medical student. It was was great um, because I, I wasn't never really sick. So I'd never visited like Irish hospitals before and just going there. Uh, but I suppose <laughs> going there, I started off with like surgery and you could see, I could see doctors everywhere, doctors um I could see white doctors everywhere and then you look around and the maybe like the porters or maybe the healthcare assistants were not that was where you f- could find like black people so then I was being looked at in a certain kind of way because maybe it was a little bit unusual to have a black person in um um doing medicine at that time um so I would always I I enjoyed it, but I always I was always reserved. Um, I would always introduce myself as um, yeah, I'm studying medicine. I'm going to be a doctor. And whenever I saw somebody that looked like me, I felt they weren't in a position that I thought they could have been in if they were a different color. But besides that, it was great. I did I started off with surgery. I did it in Tala. And the consultants were so lovely and they sparked my interest in in surgery then. And then in fourth year, we had to do, go to different places. Then for my GP training, I went to the Giltok. So the I Gale went talk? to... What? Did yes. you have any words yeah. of Irish? <laughs> I had no... Well, I knew Cunis because in Irish class oh, when yeah. I was in secondary school, my the teacher was always like, Cunis. So I knew that one. <laughs> but, you a noisy one in class, were you? Is that why you heard Cunis? I know I time? wasn't. He was saying to other people. I was very quiet. Go to school, of my teachers I'll tell you (laughs) 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 but no I ended up in like um, so I in a place called Falkara it was beautiful but it was strange I did not understand the accent I was the only one that looked like me in that town people were staring at me with surprise but they were smiling and then I go to this GP which was he was so lovely and 
he would speak Irish to his uh, patients. And there was, I was like, okay. But he would always translate to English to me. But he had a very strong, like, Northern accent, like a Donegal accent. So, of course. <laughs> yeah, it was a learning experience. But I just loved, like, the rapport between the patients, even though I couldn't understand half of it. Like, he would always ask about their pets. And uh, it was just beautiful. And at that point, I knew that I wanted to be a GP. It was, it was fantastic. I loved it. So, thankfully, I got into the Cork uh, training scheme for GPs and that is four years and you have two years based in the hospital and then one year in in a city GP practice and one year in kind of like a country GP practice. Right, tell us about the country GP practice then. I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit apprehensive because I felt I wasn't going to be welcomed because of the color of my skin. I mm-hmm. I had a few experiences through like hospitals and things like that. That would always remind, remind me that, yes, you're black, you know. So, mm-hmm. but I must tell you, after the, like, I didn't, after the first day, like the first day, it was amazing because I didn't, I wasn't made to feel like I was different in a negative way. Instead, mm-hmm. it was kind of a positive thing. It was so, it was actually, I'm almost coming to tears now just remembering it. It was, it was, it was amazing because people would come in and they would say, oh my gosh, we heard that there was a black GP in town, but not in a terrible way, in like a fascinating way that, oh, we just come to say hi or, and then you'd have kids come in and it was, it was just great. And due to that, I started like talking about my positive experience online, um, and then started my Instagram stuff and that that kind of took off from there. But it was great. I would have kids come in and um, I'd have, I had this lovely kid that came in and she was like, oh my God, you look like Doc McStuffins. And I was like, yes, I am Doc McStuffins. <laughs> and it was great. <laughs> and and Doc McStuffins. Doc McStuffins. <laughs> yeah. So she's like a black GP, but um, or, yeah, she's actually a GP and is a Disney show. And she's like a doctor for her toy pet, uh, for her toys. So, and I used to have like really curly hair and things like that. So I was so proud to be called Doc McStuffins. I love that. Like, have you, have you met or do you often come in contact with like other black doctors in Ireland and in the profession? Not really. Um, um, in the hospital I did, well, when I was a student, I did. But what struck me is that you could see a very, very, very clearly elderly doctor that was probably from Sudan or something. And they would be working as... Um, maybe like a house uh, a house doctor, so like um, not an intern. So a step up from an intern is an, someone to move called a senior house officer. And you'll see mm-hmm. them in that position. And I would always think, why are you in that position where clearly you probably, you trained somewhere else and boy, you are fit to be a consultant, but you're not in that. So I saw that, but then in GP, I didn't see, um, I didn't see any. So I would, I think, yeah, I'm one of the first few like Irish trained black GPs around and it's great. Do, but do I think you, there are more. You'd be the first Irish trained black doctor. You know what? Yeah. That title? <laughs> I, th- I think I'm going to, I'm going to take that title. Yeah. So if you find any other person that went to secondary school and college and all, then I could release my title <laughs> then. But for now, 
I'm going to claim it. <laughs> <laughs> Speak I or forever hold your peace. Yeah. If there's any, if there's yes. any black Irish doctors that have trained in Ireland, yes. um, that's listening to this right now, get in contact with Blondie Perez on Instagram. Let her, let her know that you are the first <laughs> Irish trained black doctor. <laughs> um, as you said, you know, you've been in Ireland quite a long time. You came here as a 16 year old. So, you know, between age 16 and, and now, you know, has there been any changes in, in Ireland in terms of like, you know, the black Irish community and, you know, the race relations here in Ireland has been, has there been any, you know, obvious changes that, that you've noticed? Yes, uh, definitely. Even as the years go by, there were changes going on in terms of like the black Irish education. By the time, so like I said, when I started um, college, I was like the only black one in my year. By the time I was finishing, when the first years, I think they had like 13 or 14 black uh, medical students. And that was, that was amazing. I was, I was so, I was so happy because I was like, finally, we're getting in. And then in terms of the youths as well, people, the black Irish, it's not becoming a thing. So there's no like you're black or Irish. My, my siblings are, they're black and Irish. You know, you see all of them embracing the best of both worlds. They're embracing. So you don't, like I say this, when I started, it's like you kind of had to kind of shed your black roots because you wanted to fit into the Irish uh, community. But now that's not the case. You're you're proud to be black, but you're also proud to be Irish and you're mixing that a good blend of it. And that's what I'm noticing now. And we've seen loads of black Irish people in so many aspects of life. And that wasn't the case when I was growing up. So I think Ireland is going, it's going up, up and up. <laughs> and yes. So that's positive. So, you know, in light of what's gone on in, in the, the racial awakening of the world, what would you say to your white mates and white folks listening to this in terms of how, how to be a better ally or how to better much support you and support, you know, black people in, in, in this in this world we're in and, and, and in Ireland? Hmm. It all starts with you being interested because some people might think it's not your problem, but it is something that is happening in Ireland. So if you're Irish, it doesn't matter what color you are, then it is an Irish problem if it's happening to one person. So a better way to educate yourself, there, like your page there, the Black and Irish page, is an amazing page to find out information about things that's going on and better ways to behave. You could ask questions, but there are ways you could ask questions without being condescending, without being just out of curiosity. Um, so certain things like words like that have been said to me not once, not twice. It's always like, where did you learn to speak English? Or did you? So things, things like that are a wee bit ignorant. So do not say that. If you if you don't know something, do not be afraid to ask. But there's a way you can ask a question without coming out as being condescending or being for racist. If you want to learn more, there is Google. There are the pages there that you can look up. And if you have 
a black friend. I have one of my best friends. Um, she's Irish. She's from the countryside. And when all this was happening, she took up the phone and she rang me and she just asked me, how are you doing? Because I think and this might be affecting you. And I appreciated that because she understood that even though I'm Irish, I'm also black as well. And there's certain things, there's certain experiences that I have had that she hasn't experienced and she knows certain things will impact me in a different way. So just be aware of that and be sensitive. And if you do not understand that we have the internet, you can look on, you can find our information and yes, be interested because it's an Irish problem and you're Irish, so you should be concerned. To close things off, do you have any, any words of wisdom for any um, aspiring black Irish doctors in the making? Oh, yes, please. And please, if you are a young girl, a young guy there and you're thinking about doing medicine, there are so many spaces for Irish trained, black Irish trained GPs and GPs in general. But for the black Irish trained GPs, we need you. We need you to come in so that we no shock when somebody walks into the door. It becomes a norm now to have a black Irish GP and to also the African population. Civil play, where are ye? I need to see you in my practice. Okay, you need to get your health checks. <laughs> okay, go to your doctor, please. Okay, so yes, no, that's it. <laughs> Excellent. Well, listen, Blondie or Monica, listen, it's been absolutely fascinating chatting to you. I've learned a lot of, of what it of what it takes to be a doctor in Ireland. And I just want to thank you again so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for all you guys are doing as well. Well, that's it for this week's podcast. You can find us on Instagram at black underscore and Irish and on all other forms of social media by just typing in black and Irish. Slán. All right. Catch you soon.